another Soul of America radio broadcast. Tonight's episode is Let's Straighten It Out, starring Dr. Bo, also known as Big Easy. Big Easy helps you work out and foster healthy relationships. Tonight's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio and hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. And now, without any ado, we take you directly to Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo. that we want to look at where that occurs. Uh, one is in the home. Um, 
The other one is in the schools and also in judicial system or in corrective or correction facilities. So corporal punishment is a very controversial topic, and as I said earlier, the goal is to provoke thoughts and discussion and to encourage people to share their feelings. Um, what parents do with their children is really up to them, except when it gets to the point of abuse. Uh, you might run into some legal trouble uh, from that standpoint. So we want to talk about uh, corporal punishment and the pros and cons. I know a lot of people, particularly baby boomers and even younger folks, um, where corporal punishment was very common, and sometimes, as I think back to episodes that I've observed and experienced, by today's standards for uh, child care professionals, it really was abusive, or at least bordered on abusive. If you leave marks, bruises, whelps, or whatever on a child, then that's gone a little bit too far. But we want parents to feel free to call in and voice their opinion. Um, again, it's not to necessarily change your opinion, but to at least get you to look at what are some other alternatives to corporal punishment that might lead to abuse, especially if you're a parent that has a short fuse and you're at risk of uh, losing control. Uh, it's very important that when you are using corporal punishment that you're able to maintain a calm demeanor and to maintain control yourself because then it's more likely to uh, get out of control. So as we said earlier, the three main areas where we see corporal punishment occurring is in the domestic setting. Um, corporal punishment in the home is lawful in all 50 states, uh, and according to uh 2000 survey, it was widely approved by parents. Uh, interestingly, it's been outlawed in 32 countries, uh, not in the United States, of course, because uh, parents still maintain the right to exercise corporal punishment with their children within the home as long as it does not escalate to the point of abuse. The other area where corporal punishment is fairly common uh, is in the school. Uh, corporal punishment in the school has been outlawed in Canada, Kenya, Korea, South Africa, uh, New Zealand, most of the European states except France. However, it remains legal in other parts of the world, and there are 20 states in the United States where corporal punishment in the schools remain legal. And those states, include, and a lot of these are southern states, uh, those states include Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, uh, New Mexico, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Wyoming. So those are the states where corporal punishment remains legal in the school system. Now, most of these school districts have guidelines and restrictions that govern the con consequences or the conditions under which corporal punishment can occur. And in most instances, it is restricted to certain individuals that are assigned to do that, and it, in most instances has to be witnessed by someone else so that you reduce the possibility of abuse and also you have a, a backup for alleged allegations of abuse. But in 20 states in our United States, corpus punishment in the school is still legal. Uh, some of you that went to Hudson High might remember Coach McGee and his paddle with the holes in it, and Coach Sewell had a pretty good-sized paddle, too, and I can remember a bunch of times in PE where the whole class got lined up and got a taste of that paddle. Um, judicial corporal punishment is a whole different issue. Most of the um, Western world um, has gotten rid of that, um, but there are a lot of places where it's still pretty common. When you think about corporal punishment, one of the most common places that I think about and a lot of people remember 
in Singapore. Uh, last summer, my wife and I had the opportunity to go and visit Singapore, and that was the first thing that I thought about was the story not too, too long ago where this U.S. citizen got came because of violating some rules over there. And as I recall, it was not anything by American standards that would have been considered major, but by Singapore standards, uh, it was very serious. And as we prepared for this trip, one of the things that I did and was concerned about was to look at what are some of the things that were illegal to make sure that we didn't do that. And interestingly, one of the items for sale in the airport when you get there and in some of the novelty stores was a T-shirt that said 10 things not to do in Singapore, and it listed some of these offenses that were uh, punishable by caning, by imprisonment, and by other means. But uh, Singapore is one of the countries that's well-known for still uh, employing corporal punishment in schools particularly. Uh, one statistic says that the country has over 150 secondary schools uh, that use caning as their primary uh, form of discipline. And Singapore is not that big of an island. They have, it's about 17 miles by 30 miles in size, but they have, uh, um, I think, 1.5 million people there. So it's a small island, but a lot of people. And their um, crime rate is relatively low. And part of the reason for that is they have some pretty severe consequences for violating certain laws and some of these things that we take for granted in the United States. If you did those things in Singapore, then you'd be in for caning or something different. Uh, they also have uh, more severe forms of caning when you are arrested for certain crimes. So uh, in some of their prisons and in other um, corrections facilities, and this is usually adult men, not for children or women, but um, that's one thing that Singapore has become known for is um, pretty severe consequences for violating laws, and even in this century they still practice caning. And so as we think about these different settings in which corporal punishment is used, we want to think about which side do you stand on? Are you for it or against it? I think that there are always arguments for and against most things, but it's important for parents, it's important for teachers, and for others who have responsibilities for children to remember that children are human and that what happens to them in childhood will often go with them for the rest of their lives. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we did a show on the impact of adverse childhood experiences and where abuse of different types was shown to have a lifelong impact on people in various aspects of their life. So as you think about corporal punishment, we want to say, oh, what are some of the advantages or disadvantages and how do you choose between whether you use punishment or discipline? One thing to consider is that Effective discipline helps the child to learn self-control. It also is a form of um, consequences that can be used with teenagers as well as with younger children. When you use discipline, it can build the child's self-esteem because in addition to learning self-control, they learn to have more positive experiences and outcomes, and they learn to think through their behavior and to therefore feel better about themselves. And it also sets a positive example of dealing with problem solving and conflict resolution. On the other hand, harsh punishment, not just you know your benign punishment, for lack of a better word, but harsh punishment oftentimes just teaches the child to avoid getting caught, which means that they can be deceptive. The parent oftentimes just doesn't know what they're doing. So it teaches the child to not be open about what they're doing and to be deceptive. Uh, harsh punishment also doesn't work with teenagers, uh, particularly young men. Uh, that's in my generation. I think most people probably remember there was a time in your life when you decided 
I'm not taking any more whippings. And there was a confrontation with parents, and most of us probably can remember specifically the last whipping we got because you reach a certain point where, as the old folks say, you're smelling your must, and you decide I'm not taking any more whipping. So harsh punishment and corporal punishment oftentimes doesn't work uh, with teenagers. It also tears down that child's self-esteem. It doesn't teach self-control, and it teaches the child that violence is an acceptable way to get their problem solved. I often think about my own experience, and it never made sense to me that my father, who at that time was much bigger than I was, it didn't make sense to me that an adult would be whipping me for fighting with another child that was my size, and that never made sense. So I think we parents need to be mindful of that uh, with our children. So we want to uh, take a brief break here and to remember that we want to look at what are some of the pros and cons of corporal punishment and what are some alternatives, especially if the corporal punishment is not working. So remember to call your friends and tell them to tune in to soulofamericaradio.com or to call 323-784-9638. Join in the discussion. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back shortly. show by phone, you can speak to the host by pressing 1. Right now, that will put you in the caller's queue and allow the host to see that you want to speak. If you're listening via internet and want to call in, dial 323-784-9638 and then you press 1. Otherwise, you can dial that number and listen to the entire show. You're listening to Soar. Chris was right. Talk radio, coast to coast. This is the Soul of America Radio. 323-784-9638. Uh, This research was done over a period of time looking at data that covered 
about six to two years of data. And one of the things that came out of this research is that corporal punishment leads to more immediate compliant behavior in children, but it's also a direct association between corporal punishment and physical abuse where adults, for example, that were victims of corporal punishment or physical abuse as children are more likely to abuse their own children in later lives. So we want to look at what are some other alternatives and how do you strike a balance. Um, Most American families, I think, or a lot of American families use uh, corporal punishment to, to some extent as a way of disciplining children, and it's a very controversial uh, subject in with the child development and you know psychological community. Uh, this work, research by Dr. Gershoff at the National Center for Children in Poverty at Columbia University looked at both the positive and negative behaviors in children that were associated with corporal punishment. And what she came up with was that there were 11 child behaviors and experiences that were associated with parental use of corporal punishment. Now, some of these things only happened um, that were related to childhood experience, and that was immediate compliance, uh, moral internalization, where you learned from the experience. It looked at the quality of relationships with the parents and physical abuse from that parent. The three areas that looked at both in childhood and adult was uh, the areas of mental health, aggression, and criminal or antisocial behavior. And then there was one that was occurring in adulthood, which was abuse of their own children. And what Dr. Gershaw's research finds is there was a strong association between corporal punishment and all 11 of these childhood behaviors and experiences. Interestingly, 10 of those associations were negative. And, uh, for example, increased child aggression and antisocial behavior stood out. And the only one that was positive was increased immediate compliance on the part of the child. Now, when it comes to corporal punishment, oftentimes, although there's immediate compliance, it might not last long because one of the downsides of corporal punishment is after a while the effect wears off because the child learns to tolerate it, and as that child's tolerance increases, then the effectiveness of it decreases. Dr. Gershaw's research showed that the two strongest associations between the parents' use of corporal punishment and the outcome was the immediate compliance and the physical abuse of the parents. And I think that's pretty interesting to say when you think that the largest association was that the child either learned to comply immediately, which oftentimes is a way to avoid punishment, not necessarily because the child learned a lesson, but they basically just want to avoid punishment. And the other potential outcome is that adults who were victims of severe corporal punishment often are at risk of abusing their children. Now, you know, there's a pretty common belief that uh, corporal punishment is effective uh, to get children to respond, but it also is at risk of becoming uh, physical maltreatment or abuse. If a parent crosses the line because they are angry or lose control, then oftentimes that can become abusive, and what happens is that child later on uh, learns to use aggression and violence as a way to deal with problems and conflict, and these children that are abused uh, with severe corporal punishment are more at risk of becoming delinquents um, when they get older. Uh, We want to look at uh, there needs to be a strong boundary between punishment and abuse, and corporal punishment within reason, uh, as long as it's not abusive, then parents have the right to make that choice if that's the type of discipline they want to use with their children. My experience has been that parents that were raised in a family where corporal punishment was common 
think, well, it was good enough for me, it's good enough for my child, or I survived and it didn't kill me. So sometimes people have their minds made up and don't want to be confused with the facts. You can give them information about the risk of abuse. You can give them information about the negative outcomes. You can give them information about other more positive, effective alternatives. But sometimes people are stuck with what they were raised on. And I think it's important to realize that corporal punishment is going to be different from one parent to the next. And just because someone uses corporal punishment doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to become abusive, but the more you use it, the more likely there is a risk of that line being crossed. And you also have to look at the frequency and severity of the punishment. So parents who choose to use that as a means of discipline for their children have to make that decision for their own household. But it's very important that you take a look at what's your emotional makeup, uh, what's your family history, uh, are you the type of person that can exercise corporal punishment and maintain self-control and not lose it, or are you a short-tempered person who is at risk of going overboard? A lot of it also depends on the age of the child, the maturity of the child, and it's just important to realize that it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not just either or. We want to look at if you choose to use corporal punishment, how can you combine it with other forms of discipline to have a more positive outcome? Uh, so there are pros and cons to corporal punishment, just like there are pros and cons to other forms of discipline. So as parents, you have to look at what's best for your situation, uh, what's going to be the most effective with your child. And if you are a parent with several children, then what works with one doesn't necessarily work with others. And so you have to vary your interventions based on your child, on their personality traits, their level of maturity, their age, and you have to decide what's going to work with these children because it's going to be different for each child, and sometimes you can run the risk of being less effective as a parent if you think that you can just do the same thing for all of your children. So I think it's important for you to think about what's the most effective outcome that you want to have with your child and what are some things that you might look at uh, during different I think it's important for you to try to look at this long-term. If you have a family history of abuse, um, if you yourself were abused, then you might realize that you're more at risk of uh, possibly losing control as you try to deal with the situation. So I think you want to look at what other alternatives are there. Uh, we looked at the research that was done by Dr. Gershoff and basically looking at the fact that 10 of the 11 uh, behaviors or traits that were reviewed or negative outcomes of corporal punishment and only one was positive and that one, which is immediate compliance, is fairly short term. As I said earlier, typically punishment teaches the child to avoid the consequences. It doesn't necessarily teach them to be more responsible or to change their behavior, it teaches them not to get caught. Uh, we have a group home at the agency where I work, and some of these kids have been in the juvenile detention unit, and what we often see with these adolescents, particularly the ones that have already become delinquent and some that are en route there, is that when they get in these institutional settings like the group homes and uh, juvenile detention units, what they do is they learn how not to get caught next time. So they learn uh, to be more successful in their negative behavior. And so as parents, we want to think about what is the outcome that we want to achieve. Do we want our children to just stop doing what they're doing as long as we're standing over them with the belt or paddle, or do we want them to become mature adolescents and adults who learn to think through their choices and to make choices to not misbehave, to make choices to not do things that are illegal, dangerous, or immoral, not because they are trying to avoid punishment, but because they mature to a point where they think through their behavior and they think before they act. So 
we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to look at some uh, research that was done uh, that talks about uh, some of the pros of uh, corporal punishment or people that are in favor of corporal punishment. So we will be back shortly. Uh, call your friends. Tell them to join us on soulofamericaradio.com or to call 323-784-9638. Uh, we will be back in a few.
uh, basically seven passages in the Bible that uh, reference the rod or the use of discipline. And six of these passages, passages was in Proverbs, and one of them was in Hebrews. And the one that I think we get the um, adage, spare the rod and spoil the child, uh, I believe comes from Proverbs 13, 24, that says, whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. And in Proverbs 23:13, it says, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. And so I think that if you look at some of these uh, passages, it's basically saying that if you use spanking or the rod, um, you know, that that would be um, an acceptable form of punishment. And so as parents, again, you have to decide um, what you want to use as a form of discipline. Um, there are a lot of references to discipline uh, that I think people automatically assume that means punishment. And in some instances, uh, discipline means discipline. It means training a child uh, to um, to be responsible. Another adage that I think people might not be aware of um, is the rule of thumb. And that was back in the day when it was acceptable that uh, men could um, beat their wives with a thick a stick if it's no bigger than their thumb. And so I don't know if that will be acceptable since there are so many folks addressing domestic violence and abuse this day. But as parents, if you want to use corporal punishment as a form of discipline for your child, then that's your right as a parent. But I think that there are some things that you want to consider uh, as you look at trying to strike a balance. And if you're one of those people that says, well, I got whooped when I was a kid and I turned out okay, my question to you would be, yes, did you really? Um, if you are a parent and you can maintain control, that's one thing. But if you're one of those parents that are at risk of losing control, then I think you might want to look at, are there some other things that you can do in addition to corporal punishment or instead of corporal punishment that might have a better effect or a more positive outcome uh, with your children. Uh, there was some work done uh, by the Family Research Council um, that looked at corporal punishment, and this, again, was looked at from a more conservative uh, Christian perspective. And the people that did this research were quite aware of the hazards of spanking and some of the positive outcomes where corporal punishment might escalate uh, in intensity and frequency and would become more abusive. So this group at the Family Research Council are people that advocate spanking as a method of discipline, but they also recommend that you restrict this use, for example, that it's only used if other methods are not working and in certain situations. And this group sees a difference between um, non-abusive spanking and abusive hitting. And where do you draw the line? When do you say it's abuse and when is it just um, non-abusive? So that's going to be relative to a lot of different things. Uh, this group also recommends that you try other methods like verbal correction, timeout, and logical consequences, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later about the different forms of discipline, but they're saying that you want to balance that with corporal punishment, not just to think that it's going to always be spanking. And you want to look at reserving that for when you have a child of a certain age, and this is typically smaller children, when other efforts have failed, um, you want to look at that. Now, there are some children that you just threaten to spank them, and they'll straighten up and fly right. So you have to know your child, and you have to look at the age of the child, the maturity of the child, and the severity of the behavior, because sometimes people can go overboard, and they don't take into account those factors. Uh, you want to try to balance um, encouragement and praise for good behavior with spanking. Uh, sometimes children only remember the negative part, and if you do more negative
negative consequences, more spanking and punishment do you, than you do praise and encouragement, then the child learns to overlook those things. And my encouragement to parents is to practice the sandwich technique, and that's basically you look at something positive, you confront directly the negative behavior and let the child know what you want as the desired outcome, and then you follow that up with something positive so that the child has a balance there. If you're only looking at the negative, then that's what the child is going to remember. I think it's important also to avoid humiliating the child by spanking them in public. You know, I've been out in the mall, and you see people. I saw this one lady, this kid looked like he was about two or three years old, and she snatched him up by the arm and popped him on his bottom. And to look at it, it was pretty abusive because she was a pretty healthy woman, and this child was pretty small. And we don't realize how brittle the bones are with small kids and how much you're at risk of dislocating their arms when you snatch them up about the arm, so you want to avoid abuse in a child, or you want to avoid abuse, period, but you want to avoid embarrassing the child in public with spanking, and find a more private way of dealing with that. And you also want to take into account the child's age. Usually, you don't, you won't find spanking to be very effective uh, if the child is less than 15 months old. And after they get to be about 18 months old, it becomes less effective. And when you get kids that are five and six, then it's a little past time. And obviously, as the child gets older, spanking becomes less appropriate and less effective. If the child's um, spanking doesn't seem to work, then you need to be looking at some other ways to discipline that child as opposed to increasing the severity of the hitting because that's when you run the risk of things really getting out of control. And so you want to think about what are my options? You know, if spanking is not working, then what other alternatives do you have that might be more effective? And, again, I will share the link to this article. There are some other articles that are related to it, and it's at www.religioustolerance.org. And, again, we will post these at the end of the show so that you can go and to take a look at these things and get a little bit more um, detailed look at it. And so if you are a person who is in favor of corporal punishment, most of the research that I've looked at indicate that even those people that are in favor of corporal punishment recognize the need to strike a balance in the use of the means and to not let that be the only means of discipline, that you uh, pair that with other efforts that you want to use to try to get your child to behave appropriately. And, again, it's very important that you consider the age and maturity of the child, uh, some of their basic personality traits, and you want to always look at the severity of their behavior where the punishment should fit the crime, so to speak. Uh, you don't want to just become abusive with the child for something minor because what that does sometimes is become less effective because if you don't moderate what you do with that child where the punishment is going to be the same for everything, that doesn't teach that child to learn to make decisions based on the potential consequences. And again, as I said earlier, oftentimes the only outcome of punishment and corporal punishment especially, is that the child just learns not to get caught and they don't necessarily learn to make better decisions next time. So, folks, time is flying tonight. We've got about 12 minutes left. Uh, we're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to come back and look at what are some other alternatives to uh, discipline in your child, um, alternatives to corporal punishment or things that you can use in conjunction with that so that you have a more balanced approach. So we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be back shortly and close out uh, our segment tonight. Remember to call people and tell them they can log on to www.soulofamericaradio.com and listen at the last of it, or if they miss it, they can log on and look at it in the archives. If you want to call in and listen tonight, it's 323-784-9638. 
So we will take another quick break, and we'll be back shortly. Tell them where they can get some soulful talk radio. Right here on the Soul of America Radio. Every Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m. here on the Soul of America Radio, you be sure to tune in and listen to Dr. Bo also known as Big Easy. Big Easy hosts a segment called Let's Straighten It Out, in which we work out or help you work out relationship issues, whether it's parent, child, friend, co-worker, or even the special love of your life. You can call Big Easy right here at 323-784-9638. 323-784-9638. So throw everything else you got to do on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, throw it out the window, and you tune in right here to the Soul of America Radio and listen to Big Easy. Um, but you want to look at how can you 
kept that child a change. If they don't eat, for example, or certain don't eat certain foods, then um, you allow them to experience a natural consequence of their behavior as long as it's safe and not endangering that child. Logical consequences, on the other hand, or um, ways that you try to have a connection between the behavior and the outcome, and you want to make the punishment fit the crime, so to speak. For example, you have a teenager that breaks curfew, then you just don't let them go out the next night, or you tighten up the curfew by making it an hour earlier. Now, you want to make sure that when you're trying to set up logical consequences that you don't do something that's going to be more punishment for you than it is going to be for the child because if you ground the child, for example, and then depending on that child's age, you're going to have to stay there to monitor that child. And if you ground them for too long, then it becomes unmanageable and oftentimes parents are reactive and they set up a consequence that is more severe than it needs to be, and then they end up having to put forth more effort to enforce the consequence than if they just think about trying to help that child to learn to think through the process and to make different decisions. So if you have a child who is constantly violating curfew, well, you might say, well, I'm just going to ground you for a month. Well, when you do that, you got to remember who's going to watch that child for a month while they're grounded, or if you give up after a couple of days, then guess what's going to happen the next time that you want to ground that child? They're going to think, well, it'll be over in a day or two, and I'll just be right back to normal. So you want to think about what are some natural consequences that you can use to allow that child to learn lessons to think through things different the next time around, and what are some logical consequences, some things that you can set up to monitor and moderate that child's behavior. Another form of natural of logical consequences is when you have like a reward system. Uh, if they make good grades, they get a certain reward. If they uh, do their chores, um, they get a reward. So there are a lot of different ways that you can modify that child's behavior through positive, healthy beings, and you don't have to resort to corporal punishment. And a lot of these things need to be based on the age of the child and on the offense that they've committed. Um, one thing as parents is that we want to teach our children that if you exercise certain positive behaviors, then you get rewards. So you can set up some type of reward system. Uh, kids that have chores and they get an allowance, I think it's important that you teach them discipline by requiring them to do some things to earn their allowance so that they learn that there's some balance there between the privilege of getting the allowance and the responsibility of earning it. Uh, sometimes you can just redirect that child's behavior. As parents, we particularly with younger children, sometimes we go overboard with the behavior that is not really that major, and we want to find ways of uh, dealing with the immediate thing and not to panic and think it's going to go um, in the opposite direction. With smaller children, um, you can use, for example, uh, timeouts or something to distract them from that behavior. Uh, it might be a physical timeout. Um, unfortunately, some children don't mind that because if you restrict them to their room, they have so many electronic gadgets and toys and computers that there's no punishment for them to be in their room. I know that when we were growing up, the punishment was having to stay inside and not being able to go outside to play uh, with your friends. So for us, um, being grounded or in the house was a punishment. For some of these children, they've got so many gadgets and stuff in their room to where Grounding them in their room won't necessarily be a punishment because for some of them, uh, that's basically what they do anyway. With smaller children, that might work. With older children and with uh, uh, teens, it's important that you set up rules and boundaries with your child early on before the behavior occurs. And one way to do this is you can have family meetings, you can have 
individual meetings with that child. It might be that you really sit down and structure. These are the rules. If you break the rules, these are the consequences. And even if you go so far to put those things in writing, if your child knows up front that if I exhibit behavior A, then the consequence is going to be consequence A. If I exhibit behavior B, then the consequence is going to be consequence B. And that's training your child and teaching them to make decisions and to moderate that because we as adults make decisions about doing things that we know are not necessarily in our best interest or not right. And we do that based on whether or not we think we're going to get caught or if we think someone is watching. And if you think about driving, for example, most of us have gone over the speed limit, a lot way over the speed limit. And if you get caught going two miles over the speed limit and the policeman wants to give you a ticket, you think, well, that's ridiculous. I was only going two miles. Well, you technically were speeding. Uh, Most police give you a little bit more of a grace than that. But I think that we need to look at how can we train our children to be aware of the consequences and to make choices beforehand. And, again, if the behavior is not severe, then you want to modify that behavior over time, but it might not be that um, a very strict grounding or things that are not appropriate to the age of the child and that's not appropriate to the the behavior, um, it might be less effective. Uh, With children that are... 6 to 10 years old, and even with some younger teens, uh, withholding privileges uh, might be a way of doing that. But you want to look at your child to look at their age, their maturity, and the nature of the behavior that they exhibit and look at what are some things that I can do to modify my child's behavior and to um, be more effective as a parent. And so you don't have to see corporal punishment as your only option. You can find other ways to reinforce your child's behavior or to redirect that behavior. You can find ways to set limits with your child uh, through time out. Uh, You can establish house rules, and particularly with children that are 6, 8, 10 years old and early adolescents, you want to start early. Uh, with your children, and with some kids as little as five or six years old, uh, you can have house rules, and the more structure and discipline you have in general in your family, then the more control you're going to have over modifying that child's behavior because, um, again, oftentimes, depending on the child, corporal punishment doesn't work, and some of these other things might be more effective. It helps sometimes to get input from your child as you're setting rules about what some of the consequences is going to be. And as a parent, you want to think about what is the expected positive outcome. Sometimes we think about negative consequences and punishment. Well, consider positive consequences and reinforcing that. So, uh, again, corporal punishment is just one way of disciplining your child, and there are other ways of doing it. So we uh, appreciate you listening in tonight. Hopefully you found some of this helpful. Again, I will list some of these uh, websites on the web page after we finish. But thank you again for listening in. Next week we'll have a different topic for you. So tune in again to Let's Straighten It Out. This is Dr. Bo, a.k.a. Big Easy. And whether you want to use corporal punishment or to try some of these other things, uh, log on to soulofamericaradio.com and listen to the show on the archives and log on to our Facebook page and uh, get the links to these uh, shows, I mean, to the um, research that we were talking about. Thanks again for listening. We are about out of time, and we will see you next week.